So I start out every speaking engagement the same way. And because I was told to just be myself and I'm with family, that's what I'm going to do. Amen? Amen. Glory! Hallelujah! Oh, it's good to be in the house! Amen! Yes! Amen! Amen! Oh, I'm glad that y'all talk back to me because that's what I need. I want you to know that the more you talk to me, the more I'll talk to you, all right? That's good. That's good. Y'all some good learners. I like that. I like that. So I was given the task of how to pray in the Holy Spirit, and that's because in Ephesians 6.18, he says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Now, this text can be bothersome for some because you can parse the words. You know what I'm saying? You can take them and you can diagram. You, you can put them and take them all apart. But it doesn't seem like we're really getting to the essence of what it means to pray in the spirit. Because, see, praying in the spirit is different than praying in tongues. A lot of times people think that's the same thing, and it's not. It's really not. So I'm going to try to help you today. I want you to just walk with me. Will you walk with me today? All right. Now, see, I got three points. That's usually a standard motto. I feel like it's comfortable for me. It's short and sweet, like I like to say I am, too. But anyway, first, what I'm going to say is what praying in the Spirit is not. See, we're going to contrast it with praying in the flesh, Prayer in the power of the flesh relies upon human ability and the effort to carry the prayer forward. See, we all know what it feels like to have this deadness in our prayer, this difficulty in actually praying, feeling tongue-tied and having to push our way into the prayer. Amen? Any of y'all feel like that? That's just me? Okay, I got you. Me and you, we're going to talk this out. I like you. So how do we overcome that? Praying in the flesh actually calls upon an effort that's within us. And when we feel tongue-tied, some of us may try to overcome that with a lot of words. But see, we're warned against that. And I believe it may be in Matthew, you Bereans and studiers, if I get it wrong, you help me out, all right? But... We understand that that's not really what it's all about. Now, if we struggle with wanting to give up after a short time, we may feel like success is actually in how long that we pray. But what I want to let you know is that God doesn't care about how much time you log in. All right? It's not like being on a treadmill and he's counting your words like you're counting your steps. This doesn't work like that. All right. I like to walk too. It makes me feel taller. <laughs> Success in prayer does not depend upon who we are or the title that we hold. Okay? Because we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. You hear me? Yes, yes. When we feel that deadness in prayer, sometimes. We want to actually make it perfectly composed. We'll start 
looking at how can we make this more doctrinally sound? How can I sound more intelligent? How can I make it seem that I've gone through the lexicon and I'm exerging all of this and I just want to make sure that I'm in the right tone and I, I just want to pray with See that? It doesn't take all that. It doesn't take all that. That's not how you overcome deadness because you're relying on yourself. That's what you're doing and that's not what he's asking for. I want us to understand today that these attempts to push past that difficulty in the power of us are attempts to imitate the liveliness that the spirit gives in prayer. See, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to mimic what it is that the spirit gives. See, remember, the spirit is a spirit of life as well as truth. And the first thing that she always does is to make everything living and vital. That's what the Spirit of God does. There is a difference in the life of this world and the liveliness, that, whew, that electrifying energy of the Holy Spirit when it is infused in our prayer. So if praying in the flesh is an imitation, is a counterfeit, what is the genuine article, Cynthia? Thank you. I'm glad you asked. The key difference in the flesh and pushing the prayers forward is that in the spirit, in the spirit, we get caught up in the way the spirit carries the prayer. See, I gotta, I'm trying to hold on. See, woo! See, you. You get caught up in who the spirit is and you start experiencing the life that the spirit brings to your prayer and it literally empowers your prayer and it carries it forward. And it carries it forward to the father in the name of our Messiah. Okay. See, the prayer has a living quality that's characterized by this warmth and this freedom, there's this liberty. There's a liberty when the spirit is in it. See, I ain't got to search for these words. Oh, amen, 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 amen. It's helpful to acknowledge that there are varying degrees of experience when it comes to praying in the spirit. See, I I don't want to give you the misinterpretation that it's going to always be a revival when it comes to praying in the spirit, okay? It's not going to always be this big shout when it comes to praying in the spirit. It's not going to always feel like you having a party when you're really praying in the spirit, when you're giving yourself to what it is that God wants you to pray and it's not about your agenda. See, it's not always going to feel good when you pray in the spirit. See, I want you to know that sometimes, sometimes praying in the spirit feels like groaning. Anybody know about them groaning prayers? See, when, 
when you get pulled down to your knees and you're woken up in the middle of the night or while you're at your desk, you just don't know what's wrong. There's just something that just don't feel right. There's something just stirring in my spirit. And I don't know what it is, Lord, but you know. So what I got to do is I just, I groan in a God. Woo. Mm. Woo, Lord. Mm. I don't know what that is, but see, we're told in the word. That when you don't know, and all you can do is groan, see the spirit, it interprets that, it interprets it for you. Oh, I need you to get excited with me, because that means that the weight ain't on us. See, that means that it don't matter if you don't know the words, you ain't got to know the words. All you got to do is surrender to what he's saying do. Get on your knees. That's all you got to do. And whatever sound comes out, he'll interpret that. See, that's how good the God we serve is. That's how good the way they never, he's always going to carry it. He'll do the heavy lifting for us. That's good to know this morning. That's good to know. If it ain't good for you, it's good for me. Because uh, I don't know. Praise God. Praise God. I don't always have the words. See, I got a lisp and a gap. Sometimes my words don't sound right. You know, they sound a little slurred. Slip, slurred. And it's not because of anything except that. So I'm glad that the weight of it ain't on me. That he helps us in our weakness. See, praying in the flesh is like this upward battle. Like, I gotta, I'm just, God, I'm just pushing. If I could just push this prayer through. But in the spirit, it is driven and carried. And it feels so effortless, you know. And after all that, I can, I can hear some of you saying, well, that sounds great. That's amazing. Glory. So how you do that? I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. And praise God for you because I would want to know too. And I did. And so praying in the spirit has three aspects of how. Admitting our inability is one. See, we need to start with confession. We must admit our inability to pray as we ought. We must come face to face with our tendency to pray on our own. See, we start with the recognition that prayer is a spiritual activity. And the power of the flesh profits nothing at all. So it has nothing to do with us. See, we need to feel that dryness I was talking about earlier. We need to feel that deadness and that difficulty and confess it we need to confess it to him tell him how it's lifeless tell him that I know that it's slow and I don't I don't have the right words and it just it's a push God it's a push I don't know what this I'm sorry confess this because this is not a passive step 
when it comes to praying. See, I want us to understand today that praying isn't just something quiet and unassuming that we do. Prayer isn't that. It takes work to pray. When you ain't just talking, that's right, ain't. When you ain't just talking, but when you're praying, this takes work. There's a, there's a lifting that you're doing. There's a, a surrendering that you're giving when you're praying in the spirit. Okay. All right. See, I'll walk out there and I'll sit with you if you don't talk to me. All right. And I'll ask you your name. We'll have a conversation. Looking at you. There it is. So it's not a passive thing. See, this is an act of yielding to the spirit. And this is the good part right here. So confession, I, I put it in bold because it was so good to me. Confession leads to expectation. And then with that, it's prayerful anticipation. See, confession will get you to start expecting something. Then you start to anticipate, oh, there's going to be something. See, my prayers are going to manifest. Something is about to happen. Ooh, that's good. Somebody put that on a T-shirt. That's all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll sell it at the Martin Center. The, oh, praise God. The second point for how is Enjoying the living communion with our God. See, there's a sharing, a give and take exchange. You're not dragging yourself along. You are not forcing the situation. See, we need to understand that we're not trying to make a conversation with someone we don't know. I'm not trying to create a connection with a far away God. I'm talking to my daddy. Oh, praise God. Pray. I'm going to work on this side. Praise God. Praise God. See, one of the key differences here between praying in the spirit and praying in the flesh is that you don't feel the need to rush anything when you pray in the spirit. The living reality, the living reality of the spirit of God creates an awareness of his presence. His presence, there it is. Hey, I see you. Yes, now if you don't I like it here. Ooh, I hope y'all ask me back. <laughs> but the spirit will not lead you merely to rest in his presence for this time. So when you're praying in the spirit, he's not going to lead you into his presence just to rest in it. Okay? See, what happens when you get led in and you're at the very foot of the father is that see the spirit will create this boldness to plead the promises see now we get in the work 
Now we're getting to work. Y'all need, y'all need some help over here? Okay. Man, I'm glad this is on rollers. Yes. So pleading, that's the third point of how. Pleading with holy boldness. Holy boldness. There it is. Amen. I know you make it sure, huh? The result of the Spirit's work is that we bow before God as humbled children. I want you to catch this. See, we bow before God as humbled children. We are children of the Most High. Everybody is his creation, but we are the children of God. So as a child of the Most High, you come to your daddy like that, right? See, this ain't no casual kind of thing, right? We don't hold him in a disregard. We don't think that we can just skip and be disrespectful about who he is. So we come to him in reverence, humbled reverence of our father who created all things with his word. When we do that because of being led by the spirit, there is this awakened sense of intimacy. You see, we confess and then we, oh God, help my soul. We acknowledge the exchange because of who he is and then we're able to walk in this awakened sense of intimacy so that we can come before him with the prayers that have been laid upon our heart to say. Because it's not just giving a laundry list of things that I want him to do. He's not a genie. We don't do that. We're children of the most high. The spirit breathes a bold life into our prayers and we're able to plead the promises of God. You ever heard about praying the promises of God? Because those promises become very intimate. You're not reading about what he said far away people can have. It's about you. You're pleading these promises over your family over your spouse, over your children, over the congregation, over your leader. See, you pleading the promises of what you know. See, God, this is what your words say. See, I'm not demanding anything because I have no right. You a sovereign God. But see, your word says that it can't come back to you voice. So I'm just reminding you of your word. And I can talk to you like this because I'm your child. See, I didn't did the work, all right? And I then came with the spirit. And it's not me coming. It's the spirit of who you are coming through me. And I can say, this is what your word said. 
that my child, if I speak it over them, they will be saved. Say, this is what your word said. That none of your children should be begging for bread. This is what your word said. I uh, want this thing to be real to us. I don't want the, the word of God, the, the Bible, to be this taxing exercise that you just do every third Sunday. I read a portion of the Old Testament and the Psalms, and then I break out a little bit of the Second Testament. See, I want the word to be a living. Oh, I want it to be living. Oh, see, yes, Lord, living in us. It needs to live in you. It can't just be this habit. You don't just check it off your list of good Christian things to do. Yeah. Because we're talking about your eternity. I know y'all probably heard this term before that you, your life and who you are is a living Bible for someone in your life. Your circle of influence. You, someone's reading you. What does it say about your prayer life? Mm. And knowing these things, so you don't have to get it perfect. It's not about having some kind of formula. It's about having the knowledge to know that these points right here will help assist. Because how you pray is a personal thing. These are just points, you know. I'm just explaining the how for this. But how you work that out for you, that intimacy, that communion, that living fellowship, that you develop with your God. You know, I, uh, I love how we are moved by the spirit during worship. It was amazing to see his presence come in. And that same feeling doesn't just have to stay here during the worship session. See, that's stuff that happens in your home. That's stuff that happens when you drive and say, I didn't have to pull over many a time, many a time, because I didn't got caught up and it's like, ooh, let me smooth, smooth, go to the side. Put this baby in park and turn it off and give him all the glory. You hear me? I didn't got out and danced all around that truck. Because his presence, we carry everywhere. It's not just here. But it's working on that awakened sense of intimacy that you develop in your prayer time with God. See, the beauty of this boldness when it comes to pleading is how humble and holy it is. Because we recognize how sovereign our God is. I'm not one to be long. 
So I appreciate you staying as long as you did with me. And I'm going to wrap this up for you. I want us to recognize this is not about my third point. My third point is done. But in finishing, I just want us to see this. Don't allow yourself to quench the spirit. And the quickest way to quench the spirit of the living God is to ignore an urge to pray. Because you don't know what that prayer is standing in the gap for. You may be praying someone home safely. You may be praying for someone to stop their addiction. You may be praying for someone who has nobody else to pray for. And that song, someone prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time, because I can't sing, I'm going to talk it to you, to pray for me. That's us. That's us. We need to give ourselves to the reality of praying in the spirit as it has been shown to us today. Renounce that temptation to try to do it in our own strength because now we know we don't have to. And always, always, no matter how uncomfortable no matter how weird it may feel, always obey that impulse to pray. I want to thank you so much. I appreciate being able to stand before you, and I don't count it as a small thing. It's an honor to be able to speak before God's children, and I never take it for granted. So thank you so much. May you be blessed and continue to be encouraged in the work of the Lord. Amen.